You're listening to Comedy Central. Please welcome Anthony Bourdain. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I've been a fan of yours for so long, watching you travel around the world, and it was uh, so amazing this week. I guess it was uh, perfect timing. CNN aired uh, a a bunch of your shows, Anthony Bourdain, specifically of you in Africa, around the same time that the president was commenting on how uh, these are (laughs) shithole countries. Yeah, what a coincidence. Right. You, you, you tweeted about, uh, about the presence saying shithole countries. Why, why did it affect you so much? Why did it offend you so much? Because apparently I've wasted my life going to shitholes. I mean, I've spent <laughs> 17 years traveling around to extraordinary places. I mean, the notion that people don't work hard. Uh, clearly, no one on his team has been to Nigeria, uh, where people work like no one I've ever seen. It was just deeply, I mean, enraging, enraging to me because it's a refutation of everything I've seen, experienced, uh, all the people I've met and everything I've done in the last 17 years. Would you say that that's something that has shaped your experiences uh, and shaped your your, your worldview, is traveling to these places? Because, I mean, for many people, in their defense, they see images of Africa and they go, oh, that place doesn't look great. But on your show, you have gone to, as you say, parts unknown, some of the most beautiful locations and some of the most unlikely destinations. Does it change how you see the people and the places? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Mark Twain said that travel is lethal to prejudice. Uh, You know, the extent to which you can walk in another person's shoes uh, to see how hard people work and struggle on a daily basis, uh, even for very little, and and the extent to which you see how much people do, how how well things are going. I mean, I love showing up in places and thinking one thing and having those expectations turned on their heads all the time. Um, you know, but then again, you know, I'm a fool. I think curiosity is a virtue. <laughs> and, uh, that that, that's, that's something... Uh... Let me ask you this. Like, just on, 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 a, on a food level, as a chef, mm-hmm. what do you think America would be like if there were no food... Like, if there were no foods from any of these other countries? Well, to start with... You know, good old American Southern food as we know it, you know, classic Americana wouldn't exist. I mean, that if you, if you spend any time in Ghana, you see exactly where, you know, food that we associate, tend to associate on Food Network with, you know, old white ladies. We, we <laughs> learn, this is African food. <laughs> so, uh, look, uh, the history of the world is on your plate. Every, every plate of food is an expression right. of, of a long, often a long struggle, uh, a long story. And I guess that's one of the satisfactions, one of the joys of traveling and eating is you, you find out who's cooking and why and where right. these things come from. Um, I mean, I grew up uh, in the early 60s. American food then, or your options were extremely limited. You know, so the more we have people from somewhere else bringing their food chain and ingredients and traditions, uh, life only gets better. When you, when you look at that, that statement, the food telling you a story about the people, not just the people who are preparing it, but the people who are eating it, which I think is, is, is a beautiful statement, if someone was to eat cheeseburgers every day, all the time, <laughs> what do you think that would say about them and their culinary tastes as a person? 239 pounds, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I think it's worth noting, it is reported that uh, President Trump, in his year in Washington, D.C., which is a very good restaurant town, has never been to any other restaurant than his steakhouse at the Trump Hotel. Where he eats well-done steaks with ketchup. You're hurting me. I know. I know. I'm doing this on purpose. (laughs) That hurts. Uh, I'm interested, though. Do you think he can use chopsticks? That... That sounds like an insult, but it's a valid question. I'd be curious to If know. that was like on the test to determine whether or not you could be president, <laughs> I think America might be like calling him President Pence right now. <laughs> if I, let's, uh, let, let's, uh, let's move on and talk about, um, you know, the journey that life has taken you on. Anthony Bourdain, parts unknown, has taken you on many journeys. You know, you've grown as a person. Um, one of the more painful and, and I, I, I would think interesting journeys you've taken on your life happened just very recently with regards to the Me Too movement mm-hmm. happening, uh, not just in America, but in many parts in the world. Your girlfriend was one of the people who first came out and exposed a story regarding Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Your comments post that were really interesting because not only were you supportive, you felt disappointed in yourself because there were many women you had now heard stories from who didn't tell you the stories and you regarded them as friends. Yeah. Why were you disappointed in yourself? Um, you know, I came out of a brutal, oppressive business that was uh, historically unfriendly to women. Um, I knew a lot of women, it turned out, who had stories about their experiences, about people I knew, who did not feel I was the sort of person they could confide in. And suddenly, because of my association with uh, Asia, uh, people were talking to me. Uh, and, and in fact, I'd started speaking about it out of a sense of real rage. I mean, I'd like to say that I'm, I, I arrived at, I was always enlightened in some way, or that I'm an activist or virtuous. But in fact, uh, you know, I have to be honest with myself. Uh, I, I met one extraordinary woman with an extraordinary and painful story, and uh, who introduced me to a lot of other women with extraordinary stories, and uh, suddenly it was personal. And, uh, you know, that that woke me, to the extent that I ever woke up, that, that certainly had an effect. So, you know, I think like a lot of men, I'm re-examining my life, and, uh, uh, you know, I get worked. I wrote sort of the meathead Bible for, uh, for restaurant right. uh, employees and chefs. Um, and, uh, you know, I look back, like I hope a lot of men in that industry, and say, not, you know, not, not so much, you know, what did I do or not do, but what did I see, and, and what did I let slide, what did I not notice? Um, you know, I think that's something that people are going to have to really it, it, take it into is, account it, now. Yeah, it is something that the movement has definitely demanded of, of men in all industries. And I think what was particularly painful was you, you expressed it so honestly, you know, when Mario Batali's story came out, and then other chefs came out. And these, these are people who you regarded as friends. Uh, and these are people who, you know, in a nuanced world, people struggle to understand that may still be a friend. But, but, but how do you grapple with that? What, like, how do you wrap your head around that? What do you aim to do going forward? Where you go, like, as Anthony Bourdain, I have a platform. I have, uh, you know, an imprint. I have access to this world, uh, you know, of, of chefs and of restaurants. What well, do you aspire it, it, to now? It, it, it's been a long time since I've been in there. It's been about 20 years since I, I've been in the industry. and it, I have been removed from it. But I mean, you know, look, no matter how much I admire someone um, or respected their work, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty much mean the merciless on this issue right, right. now. I'm not, no, 
uh, you know, I'm not in a forgiving, uh, forgiving state of mind. I mean, that shit ain't okay. The, the business that you are in now involves not just traveling around the world, but helping uh, people of diverse backgrounds have a voice, writing cookbooks, mm. telling their stories about their parts that are unknown. You, Anthony Bourdain, you could have just done it for yourself. Why was it so important for you to get these people involved and to help them get their stories out there? Um, you know, I'm one of those annoying people. If I read a book or see a movie or hear, listen to a record that I really, really like, if I could, I'd come over to your house and shove it in your hands and then sit there and, you know, listen to it with you to make sure you don't miss anything. <laughs> read every line, you know? That is an I'm, annoying person. I know those people, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm passionate to the point of uh, being evangelical about things that I love that right. give me pleasure and make me excited. And, um, you know, I didn't really, I didn't travel uh, until I was 42 years old. I spent my whole working wow. life in kitchens. Uh, I'd seen nothing of the world. So this is all still relatively new to me. Um, people have been very kind to me. I've had a, I, I, I feel very, very, very fortunate. Um, and so, you know, as a publisher of, of uh, as somebody who puts people from all over the world on television, you know, to a great extent, it is a selfish act because uh, I'm having fun. Right. Uh, I enjoy it. It makes me feel good. Um, but I'm also, you know, coming to as many people as houses as possible and right, sitting right, down right. next to them and watching the movie with them and saying, you know, I want you to notice this. I want you to see how awesome these places are. Um, I don't feel like I'm an advocate or uh, uh, a spokesperson for anything. I'm just, you know, I'm an enthusiastic son of a bitch. And I, and I you know, I'm having a really good time. And the things that make me happy, uh, you know, especially if it's somebody who I feel is not reaching a wider audience, well, I'd like to, I'd like to help. I love that, man. Anthony Bourdain, enthusiastic son of a bitch. Season 11 of Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, premieres in April on CNN. Anthony Bourdain, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.